approach people in different ways. Why do you cross the street at night when you see certain figures, but not others? Why do applications with certain names go to the bottom of a pile, while others get noticed? This is what did I tell my daughter about unconscious bias. So Hannah, here we are again. Hello. Hello, Evelyn. I'm so looking forward yeah. to this topic. Yeah, but you chose this topic. You I told me, oh, did. we have to do uh, unconscious. Uh, oh God, what's what sort of stuff that she brought from from corporate now that we have yeah, to talk about? Exactly. What? How? How does this? How did this get your attention? Uh through trainings, I would say. So I've, you know, in corporates, I've experienced firsthand that this is a very important topic, and they started to have unconscious biases trainings and uh, I found the topic extremely interesting mm -hmm. especially because it concerns all of us mm -hmm. what okay. do you think yeah I mean what were the what were they based on these these trainings so first thing um, was interesting that it was mandatory mm -hmm. for all the employees yeah I think that is very interesting because with some I don't know work-life balance trainings those are barely mandatory those are like for your personal well-being yeah and then you have mandatory trainings that is more content driven but this is one thing that they made mandatory so i thought that's already shows did you go to one of these trainings of course oh of course. tell i will tell so i think the trainings they are actually aiming at raising awareness okay so it's more that they talk about what unconscious biases are for example that our perception of things get influenced by many factors. Mm -hmm. One being, I don't know, stereotypes like social media, childhood experiences, socialization processes, mm -hmm. everything. Like we yeah. get influenced constantly and then we view the world in a certain way. So I have learned that there are studies that actually show that it influences what people we are hiring or who do we promote. Any People-related decisions at the workplace can yeah. be influenced by it. So those decisions yeah. based on calling now unconscious biases can actually lead to unequal opportunities okay. and less representation of certain groups. Okay. Because you would hire mm -hmm. people that are very similar to you, for example. Mm. Yeah, and I think one... Thing that I thought was very interesting is that even if you are part of a less represented group, you do have the same biases as the dominant group has. Like, for example, they said women, they tend to decide in favor of men when it comes to leadership positions as much as men do. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we are finger pointing at men that they have this opinion about women let's say yeah it's like everybody has like kind of the same biases yeah, yeah. so um i thought that was that was actually very okay. very interesting did you discover any like, unconscious biases that you had in in this training that's very difficult they've <sighs> sent us i should have done that before that episode they sent us a link where you could actually test it mm -hmm. i haven't done it to be honest but one thing was they've asked us to give adjectives towards boys or about boys and adjectives about girls. Mm -hmm. And with girls, things came up like pretty, 
or mm-hmm. nice or being silly. And with boys, you would more associate, I know, being a bit wild, a bit right. rough. Dirty came up. <laughs> smelly came up. That was also they, funny. They are but, smellier. Than yeah, are. but 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 mm-hmm. those are things, and yeah. and I would have the same associations. Yeah. Okay. So you did this testing where you you, you see a picture and then you have to very very quickly rate it okay, good or bad or no 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 not not like in that depth it was more like a mentee they showed and then you would write some some so you had time to control your response yes when you did this test arc and we were also in the setting of the trainings in in the training session about unconscious biases already so you would be aware right if you want to to write for girls pretty you would think ha probably that's not yeah, but a you would response. know what they were looking for exactly. and what you, exactly. you didn't want to come mm-hmm. across as mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And then, you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. But the training, was it uh, like they, they did PowerPoint presentations and sort of told you about things that weren't true or? No, they, they showed studies and they shared examples. Mm-hmm. Like one one study that I think is worth mentioning is from the business psychiatrist Bina Kondola. There was a study conducted with approximately, I, I noted it down, um, 130 professors of science. And they were given two CVs mm-hmm. and with equal qualifications. The only differences between the CVs was the name. One was called John and the other Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And then they needed to rate them in terms of competence. Um, I think maximum point was seven and to give a starting salary. Mm-hmm. And um, half of the people were, were given John's CV and the other half Jennifer's. And it came out that they've rated John a four out of seven for competencies. And Jennifer was given a three. And salary-wise, they said for John, I think they said 30500 It was in the US, US dollars. And Jennifer was recommended a salary of 26500 And the interesting thing about that was they were giving it to professors, right? Highly educated people who would actually see themselves uh, having or following, how do you say that, egalitarian mm-hmm. values. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and there was no difference in men or women giving their results. Like it was it was very equal. But but those are like just examples that I think show that, yeah, it concerns yeah. everyone. And such examples they've shared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I understand. Yeah. So their training is then. It's, I mean, it's based on this one study that they did. Well, yeah, they they, they, they showed no, they showed other things, but they. I think they aimed at, as I said, like raising the awareness, and they just thought, for example, when you when you interview someone, mm-hmm. and you jump very quickly to conclusions, based on appearance, they just said then you can still decide, even you have this impression, which is normal, they said. It's like you you categorize things and everyone has a certain impression when they see someone. Then you can also decide to actually take a minute and actively decide to give this person a chance anyways and mm-hmm. listen to what they have to say instead of just making up your mind mm-hmm. and deciding right at the spot that this person is not qualified for the job. Yeah. Like things like that, they said, even though you, those thoughts come to your mind, you still have the possibility to 
act differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. What I meant is that the that this these these trainings they're based on this one thing from the nineties, the mm-hmm. implicit association test is based on one study, and that's kind of you know it's what they aren't able to prove is exactly is that yes you have implicit associations or mm-hmm. conscious unconscious biases but that you actually act on mm-hmm. those biases they're not able to prove that it had that it leads to actions mm-hmm. that's what i don't like about this okay that you i don't want anyone to police my thoughts i mean what they what they discovered we we know that we have subconscious uh, ways of of thinking of acting but what they realized was that we we attach value so that this good or bad mm-hmm. this automatically thinking uh you know uh, putting into category good or bad that that's why you right. asked me about the test right that, right yeah that, that, that you supposed method. to as quickly as possible good mm-hmm. or bad dirty or clean yeah but that you that we actually act on it mm-hmm. is something is is different so I, I have a problem with with you know putting people into these mandatory trainings mm-hmm. when we can't really prove that having a bias makes us act differently mm-hmm. because of them that hasn't been proven to the degree you you should expect Mm-hmm. when you put people through mandatory trainings and what they also can't show is that it doesn't lead to negative behavior mm-hmm. having to sit through mandatory and being told this and this and that about women having the opposite effect of what they intend because you're <laughs> you're pissed off having to go to one of these trainings yeah and just like i'm being told all the, that that the way i'm thinking is bad and that's going to possibly have a worse effect mm-hmm. than the the actions you maybe would have taken. You understand what I mean? That yeah. You... Maybe it was my my training was a bit could have been a bit differently, but because I didn't feel touched during that training, or I didn't think there was a negativity attached to it. It was more mm-hmm. if we want to give equal opportunities to everyone, mm-hmm. we need to be aware of of our unconscious eyes, right? That you, yeah, yeah of course, you should uh, uh, self-reflect yeah. as, uh, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, it's not like it's not a. They they termed imp- implicit association or conscious mm-hmm. bias in 1995. Yeah, that that's when that's when that word popped up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but we've always known that we that we put things in categories because we're we're always taking in so much information. We're surrounded by tons of information everything we see everything we hear everything that we do everything is um and we have to filter it out otherwise mm-hmm. we'd we need go to put insane, it into literally go yeah. insane yeah. Mm-hmm. so what we do is that we from we're, we're small we go, okay this uh, this goes here and that goes there and then you orient yourself in the world based on your stereotypes and and everything okay you see something new and what are you going to do with that yeah it's all about where you're standing at that moment, mm-hmm. where you're going to put that object mm-hmm. into which category. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's no perfect objective way to see the world. Mm-hmm. You will always perceive it in a different way than I will because different things are relevant to you than are relevant to me. Mm-hmm. 
So we're always like we're going in life from A to B. Yeah. And everything that we experience and perceive in the world is then put into a category that's relevant to us when we are going from A to B. Yes. So if you have a personality that's more neurotic than I am, now it's the other way around because mm-hmm. we all know that you're very <laughs> low in neuroticism and I'm high, that will color my biases in a different way because mm-hmm. I'm more neurotic. So I always act with more caution. So I'll cross that street when I see a certain type of person yes. quicker than you would. Yeah, maybe. I'm more naive and say hi and smile. It, right. <laughs> yes. And we, so yes. we have these for yes. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, crossing the road, it's I want to stay alive. Maybe that person be like, okay, it's a, it's a tall, dark figure. It's a man. I'm a woman. I'm alone. So I'm less likely to end up in a violent situation if I cross the road. But if I Absolutely. have like a second, yes. no, that could be wrong. That could hurt his feelings. If I cross the street, I'll, I won't take that chance. So I will prioritize then what's relevant to me, which is my survival and cross the street. Mm-hmm. So there was this uh, a German hiker in 2018. Have you heard about that? No, no. She was a liberal activist uh, campaigning for open borders in Germany. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to prove how safe it is to hitchhike through Arab countries. Interesting. And she was mutilated and burnt alive by a Moroccan truck diver. Almost oh, at boy. the moment of her arrival. Oh boy. Right, so this was she was trying to then disprove all these biases. And so that's the extreme example. That is yes. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, with your everyday life and your let's call it survival mode, I think those things can be extremely helpful. I just think when it comes to a safe space like your workplace in Switzerland, I think their unconscious biases can actually do harm to a certain group of people. And I think it's it's good that we start to raise this awareness. However, I'm not sure if it's done by one single training, as you said, that you put in mandatory and then people feel a certain hesitation. They feel stressed already about their work in general. And then, oh, they need to do this in addition. Like they're not very open to it. So my my question would have been, how can we raise the awareness at the, at the workplace? Because I think there are good intentions behind it. But the impact of the trainings, I think, is not very high. Mm-hmm. So somehow people should probably start reflecting a bit more how they perceive others. Yeah, and the, the question is also which biases? Yes. Right? Because so what they're focusing on sexism and racism. Yes. Right? Yes. So you mostly, you would have a more mostly. positive experience than uh, than my husband would going through one of these trainings because he's a man. So it would be about you know how awful you are for you know per- perceiving yeah. women in this way and they're just as confident as, a woman as you as well. are. Right. Okay. But I'm thinking that s- since we all have these biases, mm-hmm. the question is then whose whose biases do we choose? Yeah. Because there is no one who operates in the world without biases. Exactly. Yes, we should self-reflect and make Mm -hmm. sure that we don't act unnecessarily Mm -hmm. and make sure that our biases are as correct as possible, if you can say it like that. That they don't hurt people unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. But even in the workplace, you say that it's safe. 
Yeah. It's not safe if you're the sole breadwinner and you can get fired at any moment. That's mm-hmm. not such a safe place. And yeah. maybe those biases will help you operate more effectively. Mm-hmm. And you know it sometimes it's an hour of time can save a presentation from mm-hmm. you know good to bad. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have biases that will help you operate in a more effective way and give you an hour more time of which you can perform better and keep from getting fired. Yeah, I I see it's difficult for the more dominant group in the room. I could see that, that it's difficult for them to to go to such trainings. However, I still think it is important if you want to create equal opportunities for everyone at the workplace, that you need to start talking about those things, not judging, not blaming. As I said, what I've actually liked about the trainings is that they told us Everyone has it. Everyone does it. As as you just explained, it makes sense to have unconscious biases or mm. actually going through life. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we would have a complete reizüberflutung. But what yeah? is a reizüberflutung? Like yeah. we would, we would, we would not. Ca- we could not. people like that. Yeah, we could not cope with yeah, all the information enough. Yeah. Exactly, and they get sick. Yeah. So so those are things that I could totally see. I just thought. I, yeah, I understand what you mean, that you want to prevent people from being unfairly treated because of the things that we automatically associate with the person. Yeah. But I think that what we implement very often make things work because we're like, okay, we find this one study based on one study. Oh, yeah, let's did. talk about the study because you know more about this than the, I do. And it's the, the, the amazing thing about it is mm-hmm. that it has a false positive rate of 60 to 90 percent. So we're basically calling people sexist and racist in a, in a manner that's just, it's crazy. Okay. And that would also prevent us from discovering the real sexists and racists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you, everyone's racist and no one's a racist in yeah. the end. That's, that's, that's one of my problems with it. And that it's not, it's not valid. It's, it, you take it one day, the next day you can get a completely different result. Mm-hmm. So it's very unscientific. Yeah. Why? Do we have so many false positives and why would we um, respond on the next day differently than today? Right, because, well, the test is poorly formulated. For example, you're alert one day and then you'll, you'll, you really, you'll press that button slower or quicker than the next day or you'll, you'll it's not, it's not reproducible. It's, it's, it's difficult to explain it more than that. It's just, proven that it doesn't give you the same result if you take it in a time after so it's it's also that you maybe be able to to make a quicker response than the person next to you right so you'll have maybe the uh, the same judgment so press good and you'll press good but he'll be slower than you just because he doesn't react as quickly or he's not able to press the button as quickly or I don't know, he hasn't had his coffee or something. So the, that that goes into the validity of the test, that it's very poorly reproducible. We're talking about the personality test. That's the best test of personality that we have because you you get this, the same result if you take it a week later or a month later. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go from, okay, this to that. Maybe, so maybe there will be slightly differences, right? But not as extreme as you said now with implicit biases. 
right? Right. So the personality with that, you have a consistency because this is the way in our life phase mm -hmm. now we actually are kind of mm -hmm. our personality is and with unconscious biases it really depends on the day on as you said like how quickly we respond i mean you, you described it with pictures and we need to assess very quickly good or bad yeah as you said like sometimes we we react quicker when we have more energy or when we feel super safe in the environment we would we would evaluate it differently mm. i guess yeah however i i still think good intentions are behind the trainings not sure if the impact is as high as they wish right it would be yeah there are also other intent like good intentions that have a negative impact like these quotas like they've been being told they have to have an equal amount of women they have to have And now then your bias is, is turning when you see in corporate yes. a, an application from a woman, you'll think, ah, oh, is she really that good? Because you know of the quotas. That's my problem with this, that it's based on a false premise. Yes, we have implicit biases, but they don't prove that we act on them. Mm -hmm. And we need those biases and, and distorting them uh, might not cause the effect that we, that we wish to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's become this taboo word. Oh, you have unconscious biases, but we all and we're meant to, and we should have them. Mm -hmm. We can, we should encourage self reflection, mm -hmm. and uh, and treating people properly and in an ethical manner. Mm -hmm. So you would turn the focus on the messaging that they give. When you say we should encourage self reflection, this is a different message. Mm -hmm then be aware of your unconscious. But you know what I mean? It's just the angle is a bit different. Yes, I think that we should have access to as many opinions, as many facts as possible. And that we should that should be a responsibility every person have that they base their biases yes. on as much information that you can get your hands on and just make sure that you are well reflected because mm -hmm. whose biases are correct That's why I don't like you sitting down and being told, okay, that's good and that's bad. And we should have access to all the information and all the opinions, even if they're bad opinions, without being concerned that we're going to be sat down and told, you know, your, your biases are bad, you're bad. And then you have no idea what the outcome of that is going to be. We should be very careful of detangling the two, what we perceive and the value we attach to that. Because mm -hmm. there's a reason we attach that value. It's of relevance to us. We need to use that information. And can it change? Yes, time? of course it can. Yes, of course it can change because you're, you're not going to be at the same point now as in five years. Yeah. So then different things are going to be relevant to mm -hmm. you, right? Yeah, and five years ago, before these female quotes came in, When you saw an application of a female engineer, you'd be like, okay, wow, you know, she's, uh, there are few of them. Yeah. So, so she's probably exceptional, right? Well, she made it to been, the top. That's a very nice made... assumption. We don't know, right? No, I mean, I think that that's very impressive, but mm -hmm. now it's muddled. Mm -hmm. Now it's, yeah, okay, you know, female quotas and she got in front of a line. Uh, universities have quotas and, and now you'd I think you'd be more wary mm. 
and you'd approach that with a different mentality than previously. I mean, I, there are a lot of women who complain of this. And then it, it changes the dynamic between women of the older generation who got there based on merit mm-hmm. and the younger generation. I mean, they're pissed off. Like I had to but, work my butt off to get here. Yeah. And then, but now we're maybe uh, in a, a, a little bit of a different path. Than, um, but, but it has to do with unconscious biases as well. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I'm just not sure if I agree because when I think of how we assessed a CV um, five years ago or 10 years ago with the scientists, I mean, when you when you hear about women studied at ETH or anywhere, they were also not positive associations with them that came first. You know what I mean? So I see what you mean with you don't want to be this quote of woman. And it's very sad that we start to assume that with women in a leadership position, we start to question them right. if they are actually qualified for doing that or if they were just promoted because they're a woman. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I completely yeah. agree. I'm just not sure if it was easier before, you know, <laughs> so that that would be not my easier. question. Marie. It oh, was no, no, like, I never said easier. I never yeah. said easier, but, but the biases positive, have changed. Yeah, yeah. The bias has changed. You now automatically think different things mm-hmm. as a direct result of a policy that had good intentions. So that's why I mean, be wary of things that oh, that's good intentions. So it's good. Mm-hmm. These these trainings are are terrible. I think it's terrible that we're putting people through mandatory implicit association trainings based on something that's sort of it's pseudo scientific. It doesn't predict behavior, and it definitely can predict certainly that what a hundred percent what's going through your mind. Yeah. And so is is that enough to put you through mandatory trainings where you have no idea the outcome? I don't think the outcome is that bad. The outcome is that people just go on as they did before and thought this training was for nothing. No, the outcome is that we're terrified of voicing our opinions. People in corporate Mm -hmm. are very afraid of what they write. What they say, HR is is how much larger than it used to be. HR departments are expanding and they have to justify why they're expanding, what they're doing, how important Mm -hmm. it is. Every corporate has a a DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion Mm -hmm. departments Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are also just growing, growing. They have to justify why Mm -hmm. they're there. So everyone's terrified of being accused of unconscious bias. Although that's something we all have and we should have, but we're terrified that we'll be told that our unconscious biases are bad. Yeah. Right. So the the result of that is that we don't speak. And then we also don't hear the bad ideas, which then I can come back to that. We need all of the information to be able to have correct biases, mm-hmm. for lack of better term, to, to form our biases in a good way to act properly so that's what i mean we need we need also to hear bad opinions to hear someone else's facts like confirmation bias yes for example the only way to fix your confirmation bias is to be exposed to someone else's confirmation bias what is confirmation bias is confirmation bias like okay you have sort of an hypothesis thing that you believe then you'll go to google and then you'll type in yes uh, and then you will find the studies that will prove your idea yes 
And the only thing to remedy that is if I say, no, I come with a different, confirm my confirmation yes. bias. And I yes. say, no, hold on. I found these things and they prove something else. Mm-hmm. And then we can correct them. Absolutely. Like this, I see. And I also agree with to have this culture of silence. That people are scared of um, raising their opinion is dangerous. Mm-hmm. I agree with that as well. I just had a very different experience with the trainings. I yeah. perceived it not as judgmental. I didn't perceive it as finger pointing. I found it a very interesting training that helped me reflecting more. So for me, it 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 worked, and I didn't feel like I didn't feel it had this negative effect. No. So, but but as you as you said, if people are scared of raising their voice and and sharing their opinion yes that can be dangerous because then you have basically this one dominant opinion that is perceived to be the right one mm-hmm. and everybody follows that direction yeah i think it's also dangerous that they think they don't have access to how you think that okay i know how you think and yeah. i can tell you if it's good or bad that can go so wrong mhm mhm yeah Uh, yeah, I also see that because that there you would have the judgment in it, yeah. right? Yeah. So I hope that you know. I I hope that this will this will go away yeah. when when my kids grow up. I'm 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 scared. So like, that's gonna leads me to the next segment. Oh, What Sorry. should we ta- tell our kids about unconscious biases? Right. I would say it's everyone has them. Yes. Uh, Agreed. Everyone has them. And um, um, make sure that you expose yourself to all of the ideas. Yes. And go yes. out of your own echo chamber mm-hmm. to hear them. Mm-hmm. I agree. I d- you mentioned a very good point. Like, I think to form an opinion, you should listen to different viewpoints. Mm. So, and, and I think you can do that um, when you surround yourself with a very diverse group, right? But yeah. with very different opinions. And then you can actually... Yeah. come to your own conclusion and take um, right yeah whatever is right for you i think now we also we touched on uh on biases towards women and, and sexism and that but there are also co- unconscious biases against men yes and uh mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have a really interesting episode on that with yes. a guest coming up yes yes i'm really looking forward to that one because as you said we are Usually talking about the woman, or as he said, about underrepresented group. But yeah, men are also yeah. concerned by that. So then we have our last segment. Are you looking forward? Uh, are you sweating I already? Have, I have. Okay. Whew. Good. It's not a very uplifting question I have today. However... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an important one. We've previously talked about jealousy. Remember? I think it yeah. was our first episode. Today we explore a related topic, I would say. I hear a lot lately about toxic relationships. So my question oh to you, it's not very yeah. it's not like my question to you is what do you think is actually toxic? Mm-hmm. Because I think this word is used way too often. Yes, but that's, that's why my personal opinion. Because I, I don't even like that we're uh, that we're talking about toxic relationships. Yes, because you you immediately associating it with something bad, something negative. 
right the and the the way that i've understood how people understand toxic relationship is that something that affects you negatively so like it makes you feel bad about yourself even for a moment okay yeah or oh sorry what was the question like what 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 do you think is a toxic relationship and oh yeah like okay. because i'm asking this because i think the labeling is done too quickly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes i think for me to agree that a relationship is toxic mm -hmm. say that is when it causes you psychiatric symptoms I think that's okay. one of these, and we can say, okay, if the behavior of the other person is causing you clinical depression or is causing, yeah, then, then it's toxic. Yeah, you have, you have um, manipulative people. There's a lot on the internet about narcissists. Yes. It's become this yes. very popular term. Mm -hmm. So I think we're very much over-labeling it. I think people use the label narcissist on someone when they've simply disregarded their feelings about something. That's okay. my impression. Yeah. That mm -hmm. it's, okay, may, is it a narcissist? Or w was your boss simply saying, okay, we, we can't take your feelings into account right at this moment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No? Yeah, very good point. So, yeah, be be careful how one throws out those. But But anyway... A true narcissist would be extremely, extremely manipulative. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, that's toxic. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, in a relationship, yeah, physical violence, toxic, toxic. relationship. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. If it's, uh, if you're only giving, 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 and the other person is taking, 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 okay, then that's, you can call that toxic. If you're, if you're never asserting yourself, if you are, um, then developing yeah. mental illness then symptoms. That's why I like that. Okay, if you're mm -hmm. developing psychiatric symptoms as a direct result of what's going on, the dynamic in the relationship, then yeah. we can call it toxic. Then you have to do something about that. Yes. So, right. So you should always look to your relationship. Is there a give and a take? Yes. Are you, you know, some, some people if you get together with, with people who are pushovers because they, They know that that's what they need. Yes. But that that person is going to implode at some point mm -hmm. or get very bitter and resentful. Because mm -hmm. they often, they know that it's unfair. They just never learn to stand up for themselves. So at some mm -hmm. point, they're even going to crack. And that, or the, there is a complete overreaction. Or, right? or, or they're just point. slowly going to turn resentful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I knew it wasn't uplifting, but I really yeah. just wanted to say uh, this labeling. I think it's done very quickly. And I just, that, that's why I wanted to discuss it with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks guys for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let, let us know. And as we advertised last time, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> 